This is a Barita podcast, which is a medium for information purposes only. This podcast is not a recommendation to buy or sell any securities. This isn't a research report, nor intended to serve as a basis for making any investment decisions. Contact a licensed investment advisor before making any financial decisions. Let's get into the Barita podcast. All right, thank you everybody for joining us for another episode of the Barita podcast. You can see past episodes at barita.com slash podcast. So today, we have a special guest, Dave. How you doing? Good to meet you, right yeah, now. Man. Th- thanks for coming, right? Dave Dixon, VP of Sales Senior and Service. VP. Senior VP. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let me, let's get that straight. <laughs> Senior VP, Sales <laughs> and Service, right? I have that right, right? You got that right. Uh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Well, um, Dave, like I said, I mean, I said, good to meet you before, but we've met you know, yes. long time. Long but, time. But what I meant to say is thanks for coming and thanks yeah, for the time. Right? I appreciate this. So, you know, we can start out with, you know, the new job. I, I, we spoke to Sansi and I said there's a lot of anticipation for you guys coming, right? You've been very excited. How's it been? Uh, tell us about the role and, you know, what, what it really is all about. So, as senior VP for sales and service, you know, yeah. having joined the team um, February of this year, you know, I'm pretty excited um, to be a part of this team. Before joining, I could sense the energy of the team. Um, you know, I know you guys wear nice suits and <laughs> and like to and like to you know be on camera. So I would have seen you on camera a lot before, um, and I would have done my homework. You know, yeah. um, so I like the energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, despite the gray hairs, I I do you know carry some amount of energy myself. Oh, oh, for real. And I like for to sure. be a part of a winning team. Yeah, yeah. So. One of the first thing I did when I when I when I when I joined was trying to get to know the team. Yeah. I try and get my hands dirty. I try and get to know everybody, you know, you know, on a one-on-one basis. And I've connected well so far with the entire branch network. I've been to all the branches so far. Um, you know, I've met I would believe all of the retail um, team and I've met a lot of the senior managers and I can tell that you know with this kind of energy and this and this kind of diversity within the company um, success is inevitable Um, and inevitable success doesn't mean that there are not going to be challenges along the way Mm -hmm. but I do think that the team that is in place um, that they are capable of you know getting past those challenges for even greater success so I'm, I'm quite excited to be here i'm quite excited to contribute to the further growth um since the cornerstone um takeover we have seen tremendous um things that the company would have done mm-hmm. and my experience coming into barita i know i can add additional value um to that um given my experience in both retail um and investments over the years um prior to joining barita i would have spent 25 years at a company but not in the same job yeah um i believe i probably would have had maybe 10 or 12 promotions throughout my life at the bank um you know really you know wasn't at the same place for 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 too long mm-hmm. um so this transition dynamic experience it was a dynamic experience yeah. i i had a the, and I love hate relationship with deciding which which side of the business I wanted to be on, mm-hmm. but I felt good knowing I could I could transition to any side of the business, yeah. um, whether they want me in retail in a senior leadership position or they want me in investment in a senior leadership position. I could have transitioned, and I prepared myself for that because I really like all things finance. Yeah. I just want to say, Dave. I mean, just from just personally, in interacting with you since since you come for the you know the occasions that I've had, mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I, I like. 
I mean, the professionalism that you bring to the table is one thing, but the mix of the personal touch along with your own personal confidence is very, it, 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 I'm impressed, right? I'm, I'm impressed with it and I, you know, I like your style. Yeah. Thank you. You know, when I just um, moved from St. Anne to Kingston and started working at a, a bank in Ligany, um, mm -hmm. a lot of people made the assumption that I attended a college in Kingston. Yes. You know, um, so they were quite surprised. Because you would have to be a JC man having yeah. a swag, right? Right. You know, the, <laughs> you know, a dress shop then. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, that, you know, thank you. And, um, you know, just... That interaction with, with, with clients from an early age, mm -hmm. um, stage of my career, um, I, I knew that knowledge about what you're doing was important. Mm -hmm. um, and that hunger for knowledge for me in, 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 in my career started when customers started asking about other things that the, the, the bank offered. And mm -hmm. I was like, but each time I would have to leave and go ask somebody, mm -hmm. you know, when I just started, what, what, what is this? And then I say, you know what? I'm going to put myself in a position to answer any question. Yeah. Yeah. Any question that is thrown at me. That's, that's a high bar. It's a very ambitious goal. I, yes, it was. Yeah. So it took a lot of reading. Yeah. I, I took all of the brochures. I took look for the policies and, mm -hmm. I, and I, and I, and I, and I prepared myself. So you have to give yourself homework and I, I really did, dig into right. the material. So exactly. Mm -hmm. And none of the promotions that I got. I was on any cross training. I prepared myself to, for all of what happened. So self-taught, self-driven, self-driven, self um, okay. knowing exactly which opportunities to go for. So that prepared me well for what I'm doing now. So if this don't work out, you can be like a motivational speaker there. It's something I've thought about. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I've thought about, um, to be honest with you, but you know, nothing before it's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do believe that, um, you know, you learn from other people's experiences. Mm -hmm. um, one of my motivation, early motivation of doing well was that I wanted my own money. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to do things that I couldn't do mm -hmm. when I was, you know, or wanting to be able to just even further my own education. Yes. Um, and I recognize that um, the, the more you know, the more you learn is the more you're capable of, you know, advancing. Um, to what you really want to do and you're able to offer more help mm -hmm. you know you, you you can't fill up somebody's cup from an empty cup mm -hmm. you know you and you are also blessed so that you can bless somebody else so it, it's important that you continuously learn um, <clears throat> so for example I you know, I lead a team now of retail, both service and sales mm -hmm. of over 30 persons. Mm -hmm. They're looking to me for guidance. Yeah. And uh, I'm capable of pulling from m my long experience, real scenarios that have happened, mm -hmm. um, real, for the clients as well, real scenarios that have happened. In 2008, when the crisis hit, mm -hmm. I mean, everybody thought that this was it. So, right. so as a retail salesman, like in a crisis like that, unprecedented or a hundred year storm, what's the approach that you take? So the approach at the time, you didn't know what was happening, mm -hmm. but then you saw what unfolded. Yeah. And the same principles that we would have learned about investing, invest, um, start investing early mm -hmm. and staying invested is really something that if you look back in time, um, you know, persons have been, you know, talking about and diversification. Yes. And when I look at clients who follow that strategy, they fared much better 
than persons who were investing against their own risk tolerance because they didn't recognize they didn't have the risk tolerance um, until the market turned in a different direction. It's not that they were speculating, yeah. but they felt that they could have they had a particular risk tolerance and they didn't. So advice, listening to the advice of a qualified investment advisor can't be overstated. Yeah. Right? You have to trust an institution and an institution such as Barita with that deep research mm-hmm. um, um, capacity and talent. You know, the advisors, one of, the, one, of my, one of my goal is to ensure that all of my advisors can stand before any, anybody mm-hmm. and have the most meaningful conversation about the, their unique circumstance because every client situation is different. So, the, so this is important. So, I mean, if we draw on those lessons from Void, because like, so we did the millennial money IQ mm-hmm. piece, right? And, you know, in it, we were saying millennials, like, you know, they've seen the end of the world um, <laughs> several times, right? Mm-hmm. So you had, you had 08, as mm-hmm. you were talking about, you know, just coming of age and it's global mm-hmm. financial crisis worse since depression, right? But a European debt crisis. Mm-hmm. And then you, you come to something like the coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. So ha, ha, after after 08, we had this horrible recession, mm-hmm. right? And you you go through sovereign debt crisis and now yeah, you, you have the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then now here we are, people, you know, people are talking about slowdowns again. People are talking about recessions again. So apply those same lessons. Or I don't know if you have new lessons, right? But right now, how, how, how do you think we should be engaging the, the retail space so, when everything happens. So the retail space is we have to continue to be confident about what the strategy is. While you don't know what the future holds in any, in any particular um, specific area, mm-hmm. there's always going to be something that's yes. coming up. If you look, as you mentioned, one immediately after we gotten over Corona to an extent mm-hmm. in, in terms of the lockdowns and yeah. the restrictions, then came the Ukraine. Which, which tells you that there's always going to be a reason not to invest. Yes. But if you're, if you're raising families and you have, a, you have goals to achieve, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a place for investing. Mm-hmm. So, and what you invest today is going to be what you're going to use in the future. People are going to need places to live. People are going to need food to eat. People still want to travel. And people still want to drive a nice car. And, the children and people will want to go to space eventually. <laughs> you so, want to go to space, by the way? Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I say that to say, there is, once you're having your budget and investment amount, yes. don't let a crisis um, let you stop that. And isn't it, and it's true that, I mean, I've spoken on this before and I said, it's important to maintain your discipline it in is, the crisis. It, it cannot be understated. Because a, a lot of time, a lot of the gains that you eventually uh, reap down the road yes. is because you maintain that discipline. If you, if you look at the statistics, the best, the best performing month or week on any market mm-hmm. is usually after the worst. Yes. Yes. Right? So if, 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 if it is that you are serious about you know making changes to your portfolio look for when there is a crisis sometimes and just review it mm-hmm. okay how am i positioned at this point in time am i in line with my goals am i taking advantage of what is out there yeah. and am i allowing the professionals to do their work so for example we have managed funds mm-hmm. um 
we have the, the capital growth fund, we have the income portfolio, we have the FX yes. and the real estate fund. No, no, no. Have you seen the return on the real estate fund? I think, I think everybody has seen the return. Okay. I don't think everybody it. saw it. Oh, oh. Is it on you know, its own? Eh? So over 600%, mm. which means that you have to trust the people who are charged with investing, mm. investing the funds on your behalf mm. and touch base with a few clients to see how you feel after seeing such a phenomenal return on, on your investment. And that's why we invest. Mm -hmm. We invest for long-term gains. And, you know, I'm sure the clients who are in, in, in the unit trust over a period of time, they would have seen gains on their investments. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that I want to, you know, just encourage retail investors. Don't let the news of the day mm -hmm. um, let you miss your goal of investing. Focus on the long-term strategy because the goal of the and the objective of the different funds that you are in they're they designed a certain way and when the market is down the fund benefits in the long run as you benefit in the long run from in, from the fund investing in that in that in that environment as well mm -hmm. so regularly investing is important you know from an early time in investment i said to friends who tell me that they don't have any money to start i said i have the experience to show you yeah. how to start from zero money yeah. to start in investing because if you don't have any money now to invest, it means you need somebody to look at what you're doing with the money you have. Yes. And if you and 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 based on my experience, you may have some assets that you could, you may have a mortgage that you may need to rewrite. You may have a property that just have so much value sitting in it. Mm -hmm. And if you were to just position, prepare yourself over a period of time, you could start investing. You know, and compound from and, there, and compound right? from there. But you have to start from somewhere. So I mean, going back, you said a lot. Going back a little bit, so like my grandmother used to say, "Boy, she just want to see the children pass the worst, <laughs> right?" I, I, I never fully understood it, right? But even just now, when you mentioned the worst week, mm -hmm. usually it, it, it is, is is followed up by the best week. Is it is it fair to say your, your advisor is here to see you through the worst? as well in terms of walking on that journey? Yes, it's it, it cannot be an easy conversation with someone to say, look, your hard earned money is mm -hmm. down in value from where you invested. Yes. But everything in context. Yes. Because if you were investing continuously, mm -hmm. what would have seen, you, you may, in the, in the worst crisis ever, there are clients who have not lost any money from their principal. Mm -hmm because of how they were positioned and how long they've been investing and their average cost of investing would have been less. So yes, there are times when the initial amount may be done, depending on what you invest in and depending on if you were diversified enough, yes or no. Mm -hmm. But that's an also an opportunity for you to look and say, okay, how can I reposition my portfolio? Because there are times when you have certain investment that you're going to have to use the information that you have and exit them. You may exit at a last position on one, but the gains you have in the others can compensate for that. Does it mean you, you made a bad investment? No, you made an investment with the information you have at the point in time and the best decision you could have made at the time. And we're following a strategy, And right? you're following it's a strategy. It's all within a multi-layered strategy. It's all within a multi-layered strategy. And what I would want the barita prospective clients out there who are watch, who are watching this podcast mm -hmm. to, to understand is that we want to get to know what your goals are. Yes. It's important to share the goals with us because we are better able to guide you once you've done your roadmap. And that roadmap is important. It is taking you somewhere. Mm -hmm. so on a journey, there are going to be potholes in the road. 
in, in the road, but we are here to help you patch them and move forward or resurface the road. Anyone you want to do. Hey Dave, you said a big team. You said a big thing. You said, boy, you have the experience to take somebody from having zero dollars to invest to starting and you know an investment portfolio and really going on that long run journey. That's huge, you know. That's huge because you, you you know that's a popular refrain out there. Yes. Boy, you don't have money if you invest in us. You see a video then, but boy. You don't have to have any money. You just have to want to invest. Okay. And and, and and coming from you, that's a big thing. Yes. That's a big thing for me personally. I think the viewers will find out why I call it. But but yeah, and then and uh, I mean you touched on a real estate story. That that is I mean, it's it's big now, but it's a culmination of a multi-year strategy. Exactly. And uh, if you know, as I said to um, the sales team recently, I said, guys, when you see, when you hear the research team and when you when you um, get this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with your clients. Mm. This is the reason why you should buy because it can fit in their portfolio. Mm. Someone out there is planning a family right now, yes. and I'm sure they'll want to see that child go to college in 20 years. Mm -hmm. What is the strategy that you're going to use? Mm -hmm. You want to do that incrementally over over time, and there are investments that are going to be suitable for that. And we are able to show you how to to build that um, portfolio using the managed funds that we sell, the unit trust, or a portion of your portfolio in stocks. But we are able to sit with you, craft that plan, put your standing order in place for your serial investing, and you know you will watch that grow over time. The market will take care of the rest mm -hmm. because you don't know what the best day of the market is going to be, nor will you know the worst. Mm -hmm. But if you were to look at the purchases that people make on the worst day of the market, that's where they made the most money. Yes. Yes. Right? Absolutely. I recall, you know, a certain large financial institution that was sold to a Canadian billionaire when that stock was $1.50. Yes. I mean, it, it, I may not look that old, but <laughs> but the reality is not that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so if you were to, and, and in my early days, you know, as a teller, um, I used to see a particular gentleman as I used to run the senior citizen line back then, mm -hmm. and he, he'd always come with these checks and they said dividends on them, and you know, and I'm like, so you know, and it's a career as so from 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 long time. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the amount on the check, and now 20, 20 odd years later, and I realize, you know, for him to have gotten that amount on the check at the time, hundreds of thousands of dollars, well, he must have had a damn lot of shares, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So I was like, damn. So being curious about stuff as well is important. And you ask about why am I qualified to, or why, why, why am I capable of my experience? Mm -hmm. These are things that I've done in my own own life. Yes. You know, my first piece of um, real estate that I bought, I didn't even know where, the, I mean, I had an idea where the place was, but I saw somebody lodging some checks up. I said, wait, what, what are you selling? Mm -hmm. And when the guy told me, I said, how much for it? Mm -hmm. And I said, so I said, but I have an idea where that is. I said, I want peace. And without even going to look where it was, because I have a general idea, I made that decision. Right. So, Hold on, a day. <laughs> but we're gonna to get to your great, your great Daveness, right? Um, I, I want to, because all of that stuff is very important. But I just, I just wanted to tie a bow on where we were before. Yeah. Um, in as you, as you interact mm -hmm. with clients, mm -hmm. what are they saying? 
in, in, in this time, what do the clients want to know? Clients want to know that you have their best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. Clients want to know that you don't just looking for a sale mm -hmm. and forget about them. They want you to re remain in touch with them. They want you to be able to review their portfolio and they want you to guide them on their investment journey. There are clients who have built their wealth already and want to preserve it yes. and want to know that you have the, the person that they're speaking to is knowledgeable mm -hmm. about the market and the person is capable of executing. The person is responsive, right? The person is um, capable of you know, highlighting in a confident way mm -hmm what direction they need to take based on what they would have outlined. So my goal is to ensure that the rep that is sitting in front of that prospective client is capable of delivering without getting me involved to an, to, to an extent because they are capable of handling all of the client's um, inquiries and, and needs and able to guide them on that journey. And, for the, and at the end of the day, the client wants to be satisfied with their overall return because we want, we want to help them achieve their goals, beat inflation, have that money for the vacation, have that money for the sports car, or just have that money for the first home that they are going to build. Um, so th that's really what they want to know. They want to know that if something is happening in the market as well, that there are channels in which they can get information from us. As you know, our website is full of information for our clients. These podcasts go a long way to help them, you know, know more about investing mm -hmm. because the average investor can make money no matter what is happening in the market. And the team... The team is here to deliver all the of that. The team is here to deliver all of that. And based on my connection with them, they're on board. They're on board. Okay. Um, and I was just going to put in this, uh, that, that one plug for long-term investing. You know, when I just came to Barita in 2011, we, uh, we could have bought that stuff for $1.80. Uh, right? Can you do that now? <laughs> <laughs> Your dividend is probably a dollar eight. Dividend three dollars plus. All right, right. So, um, and you can, you sit there and you look at the stock. No, at eighty nine, it's a boy. Yeah, you know. So, so that's a that's a ten year win. Right? Well, you know, 11, mm. 11 years or so. But the, the, it's just just to to. To um, augment your point, yeah. it's, it's it's a long run. It's a story. long run. I mean, in that time, we we've seen NBX. Exactly. Right. We've seen the the, the IMF. Mm -hmm. basically threatened the, the, the finance minister right we've we've seen we've seen we've seen bad recessions we've yes. seen all kind of things but look at it we've you know, come through all of that one of the things that struck me in 08 i you know i think it was 08 when the the governor at the time put the interest rate back to 24 percent mm -hmm. um Wait, say that again <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you said the governor put interest rates weird. I, I, I can test my facts, but yeah. I, I believe there was a time when there was a when, when the former governor, based on what was happening with the exchange rates, yes, yes. so the rate was running from seventy-two and it yeah. went up to I believe it was eighty something. And, yeah. You know, I check the exact numbers. Yeah, there's huge moves. Though. There were so huge moves in the market. Yeah, yeah. And the governor responded with putting rates back to about 24 percent. Um, there were persons who were able to live comfortably mm. on $20 million because they were earning the interest on that. You know, at 24%, you get a decent change. But what happened after the, the JDX and the NDX was that interest rate came down on fixed income to less than 5%. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So if someone is moving from earning on, on say a $10 million investment, 2.4 million a year, mm -hmm. to earning 500,000. Now, you can just imagine what that did to the, to the um, lifestyle of mm -hmm. that individual. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, persons with in, that were invested in the stock market and so forth, if a portion of that money was invested differently from then, that person could have seen tremendous growth mm -hmm in their portfolio and would have been able to make back that 24% over time, you know, to get to that level. Now, yes, we are seeing a period of rates going up in the market again, but it's still nowhere near what was possible. And the, the, there, are, there are stocks that are giving dividend yield close to what um, the, the the rates are no yeah. so so i said that to say diversification of your portfolio is important mm -hmm. being risk averse doesn't mean that you're going to risk all of your capital to inflation because you are risk averse on one front because you're looking at the principal and saying this you don't want this to change yeah yeah but but the dollar that you have now is not going to be valued at a dollar in a year no. so while you may be, you know, maybe getting a little older and you want to preserve as much of your capital as possible, there's still room for diversification. Mm. Because I don't know that, how long I'm going to live after retirement. Mm. So my money needs to outlive me. Yeah. Yeah. Not I outlive it. Yeah, you don't want to outlive <laughs> You know, yeah. so there is always room because you, you, you've you've seen persons live a very long life there are people living 30 years after retirement 40 years after retirement mm -hmm. so you have to prepare yourself for that environment and diversification allows you to do that so you have some stocks you have some bonds you have managed funds you have the real estate fund mm -hmm. all of those things should be in your portfolio so you definitely have a strategy to take care of the clients and get them most care. definitely all right great so if you have any doubts Come talk to me. All right. We're going to... It's time to talk about Dave. Oh, right? boy. <laughs> I know. I know. But listen, it, it, it is an inspiring story, Dave. You know, I, I, I don't want to give it away. But I, I, I tell us about the beginnings. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about it. And right now, you're a senior vice president at Burrito, right? Um, Burrito is one of the oldest financial institutions that are, you know, um, domestic mm -hmm. uh, in, in, its, in its origin, etc. And I mean, I think I think you've done you've, you've done well for yourself, right? Um, that that's something to be proud of in terms of where you where, where you've landed, where you are right yes. now. But tell us tell us about young Dave. Tell us uh, where you, baby Dave is from. Oh boy. <laughs> so, so, so Dave born in Kingston originally. Okay. Um, I went to St. Anne at the tender age of six months old. Oh, wow. Um, so eventually I got the story as to how I ended up in St. Anne. My mother still lived in Kingston. You never <laughs> found on a bus at six I never found on a bus okay. in, in Kingston. So um, my father took me to St. Anne to live with my aunt. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I, all I knew was St. Anne. Mm -hmm. So interestingly, I was telling David, um, who works on the crew here, mm -hmm. that for a long time, I thought my name was David. 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 Mm -hmm. So um, I found out when I was doing Common Entrance that's not really David, it's really Dave. Really? And I wasn't really born on the 7th of October. I was born on the 3rd. 
Um, and that's you learn all of this about yourself getting ready for common entrance, getting ready for common entrance. Wow, all right. <laughs> so, and that was because at the time you had to produce a birth certificate yeah. to go yeah, yeah. To, to, to get to do the exams. Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, my aunt sent for the papers mm-hmm. in Kingston and, and they came. Mm-hmm. So, my friends who were with me at school at that time, they don't know that my name is not David. <laughs> okay. So when they see me, they still call me still David. Call David. Yeah, and okay. I, just, I just accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, my aunt really from, a, even though I didn't, I didn't have, we didn't have much. Um, so you were with her from six months up to common entrance age? I was, I'm with her still. She's still my aunt. She's still in St. Anne. Um, you know, really love her. Yeah. Um, one thing she always, you know, s- said to me very early, um, is you know even watching television she would say to me son those persons that are you're watching have already made life mm. you need to go and do your homework or go take up your book or you know back in the country go yes. take up your book yeah. that's that's the kind of thing yeah. that you're used to yeah, it makes sense. so i'm very grateful for you know what she would have done for me because she had her own kids she didn't have to do it mm. um how many children she had six of her own and you know um so you make seven i made seven whoa um and she treat she treated me no differently wow um this you woman know. is amazing yes she, she you know she she definitely um took good care of me mm. um <clears throat> for some reason um you know i i always wanted to learn mm-hmm. and uh, the back to the the, the the whole common entrance thing how I ended up doing common entrance again was um, the principal for the school came home to her one day and said, you know, the young man should try common entrance because the truth is, I didn't think that that was something possible for me mm. because where am I going to get the money from to leave my community to go to a high school mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do anything like that. Mm. So, but the encouragement alone that somebody saw something in me yeah. that they would take the time to go and speak to my aunt and say, he's good at math. You should let him try the common entrance. Sorry, which community is this? Um, a district in St. Anne called Mile End. Um, Mile End? Mile End. Mile End. Okay. Yes, Mile End. It's, it's, um, if you've been to Blue Hole, um, it's on your way to Blue Hole and you get to a place called Lodge, it continues straight up mm. um, past the Sandals has a golf course, um, not very far from, you know, maybe a couple of miles. Um, back in the day, it seemed near because we'd just run there and pick a few mangoes. But <laughs> um, so, um, you know, the principal lived in the community yeah. um, and the, the school is the school would have been about uh three to four miles away from home we'd walk to school on a daily basis so she took the time to come and tell my aunt that i should try Mm -hmm. so but they presented a challenge you know when that when that happened and i'm like okay so because she said to my aunt if he's gonna go to do the exact the common entrance he's gonna have to do some extra lessons because Mm -hmm. he need to brush up here and brush up there Mm -hmm. um so so we hit a snag you know, it's because extra lessons cost three dollars a week. My goodness, and I didn't have it. Whoa! Because I never, I never needed lunch money to go to school. Meaning, Big mango. I just most days I didn't have any lunch money. Okay. So, um, I have a friend, um, Anthony. Um, 
actually spoke to him yesterday. <laughs> um, from then, um, Anthony would share his lunch with me sometimes. Mm. Um, and then there are days when, you know, the canteen, I think back in the day, was maybe like 25 cents for lunch. Um, even that was beyond and even that was beyond what i could afford but you see uh, just to backtrack like for 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 me growing up at least like common entrance was it, it was a foregone conclusion and there wasn't anybody coming to mommy to say you know i think you should take common entrance you go to school and you you know you're going to take common entrance yeah. when you get to grade five grade six right but you're saying that those in that time the children were selected how no you know it's not that they were selected it was it's just that it wasn't something on my mind or really? something because where am i going to go which high school am i going to go so so you were what the, 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 i was just the, going to school that, you go school and primary school and that's it i mean <laughs> <laughs> well the school went up to, to, to grade nine so okay. you know could i leave and get a trade or something that's that's really where my mind was um so when the principal came and spoke to my aunt and i said about this i can't afford the extra lessons it was three dollars mm-hmm. um but I got the motivation one 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 morning. Um, I, I believe I was. Sh- I, I know I was showering at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of those things that you know. So, so sometimes when I hear people say that they, you know, they hear something or mm-hmm. you know they just got something and they just moved on it right mm-hmm. away. They were obedient, mm-hmm. and I was obedient that morning to what to, to the thoughts because I was I was thinking about how am I going to do this? Yes, which confirms to me that if you think about what you want to do hard enough mm-hmm. and find and think of different solutions ideas will come to you ideas will come to you okay it may be in the shower it may be driving <laughs> and so wherever, forth wherever, wherever. wherever. focus so yeah. that three dollars seemed daunting in some way. because I, I don't normally have three dollars in one day yeah that's not you know that's not something i'm accustomed to yeah so i we had a large plum tree in the yard which of course, I'm responsible for making sure the yard's clean. Okay. You know plum trees shed a lot of leaves. I don't know anything about plum trees. Okay. But that June plum, that is. You see the guy yeah. sell sometimes at the, at the stoplight, stoplight. Mm-hmm. you know. And my aunt didn't want to see any leaves in the yard. So I used to have to rate that up twice a day or, you know. Yes. So, but something said to me, why not? It was plum season at the time. Mm-hmm. Why not just pick them, wash them and take them to school and sell? All right. So I started doing that. Um, during lunchtime, I would, you know, everybody was busy buying lunch. I was Selling trying plums. to sell plums. Mm. You know, to this day, I think a couple of my friends owe me for a few plums at the trust. <laughs> but I think I followed with one of them because of it, you know. Can you just imagine a friend racking up a bill of about a dollar? In but plums? In plums, 20 cents, because the big ones were 20 cents. Whoa. And, uh, but I said that to say, I was able to comfortably pay my um extra lessons fee and for the first the three dollars and for the first time i was able to buy lunch i was able to buy a banana cheese and a, and a soda what um for, so on some days um so this is your first successful dave dixon this was our first sex plum su- sales. the plum sales all right all right but you know plum of a season how old are you at this time I would have been about 11. A businessman is Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then in addition to that, I used to just just backtrack a bit. So I had a little wheelbarrow. Um, so my neighbor sometimes would send me to 
you know, get a bag of feed, you know, the chicken feed. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, like, at my age, I couldn't put that on my back. So yeah, use my little wheelbarrow and I would get maybe a $2 for carrying it and stuff like that. So I had a little hustle. Yeah. Next, right, yeah. Business but the, but the, the money for the, you know, um, came from, from the selling of the plum. And I got, I started to panic when the plum, plum season was coming to an end. And again, um, you know, the, the mind kicked in and my neighbor, who is my aunt's sister, mm-hmm. um, she used to work at a wholesale in Ocherius. So I, I went to her one evening and the last week, plum se- week of the plum season, I had a goal. I said, okay, after paying, paying for extra lessons, mm-hmm. after um, everything else, I need to, s- I went to her and I said, so how much for a bag of sweets? at the wholesale and she told me I said alright so I set my goal that I need to pay for extra lessons and I need to save two dollars it was two dollars for the bag of ice cement at the time so you got uh, five dollars now Dave yeah so I was making yeah. enough money I was making enough money you man. roll it sorry <laughs> <laughs> I was making a little money it's back no then alright okay in total it was less than ten dollars a week but I was making uh, a little yeah, money because I mean three dollars was insurmountable not too long before that right? exactly yeah. um but I was a little nervous because mm-hmm. it was two dollars, you know, after paying what I had to pay, I had two dollars and I said, all right. And I gave it to her. Um, the challenge with that is, I think when I had to go home and give it to her, then I have to wait until she go to work the next day and come back. So it was, a, it kind of slowed down the business a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, I was fortunate enough to um, make a profit. So I, I got the sweets, just cut it long story short. Mm-hmm. And when I sold it the day, I, I was able to buy two bags. So I bought two bags. I made a, I made a more than hundred percent profit on the bag of sweets. All right. So I bought. So I started, you know, just compounding the purchases. Yeah. yeah. So I started paying for my extra lessons. I started compounding the purchases, and I started adding new things. So I started adding peanuts. I started adding chewing gums. I started adding um lollipop because so you're diversifying right so my aunt's um aunt no she used to go coronation market and and sell stuff and she would you know so things are a little cheaper in town Mm -hmm. so i asked her to buy some bitter bags of sweets for me make make a little more profit Mm -hmm. so that business was successful Oh, by the way, I never passed the common entrance. You lied. <laughs> After all of that. <laughs> After all of that. <laughs> so, Wait, but all wasn't lost. We caught up ourselves. No, all wasn't lost. Mm-hmm. The, the good thing is that, you know, the, the principals came back to my aunt and said, I am going to find out from the ministry why he never passed. Okay. So, the principal really believed in you. The principal believed in me. Mm. Um, and they came back and told me and said, boy, you know, the maths was good, the mental ability was good, but you fell down on the, on the English language. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, work on it. Mm-hmm. So, but because I went to an all-age school, there was a grade seven. Mm-hmm. And I think I got a, maybe I got a little distracted with the business as well. Yeah. Because even teachers, sure, you know, even teachers started buying from me. Um, you know, they had those peanuts in the, in the little red bags that yeah. they, yeah. So those, that was the hottest seller when I started selling that. So like you need to hire someone. Yeah. So um, I was able to um, save enough money. And I remember my first major purchase, two of my first major purchases that I remember. The first one was a goat. I bought a goat. You bought a whole goat? I bought a whole goat for $80. A living, breathing goat? A living, breathing goat. Okay, all right. And the goal of buying the goat was to 
raise them and sell them. To make more goats. To make more goats. Multiply and, goats uh, and yeah. sell. And I was I think I got about two or three um sets of kids out of the goat. And the dog eventually eat the mother. Um my neighbor's <laughs> dog, I was so upset. <laughs> right. So I was able to raise the goats. Um so that was my first major purchase. My next major purchase was the first time I was doing this now. Was I, walk, I walked into no, it wasn't a cow. <laughs> I walked into Ultra's Market one Saturday, and I was able to buy a pair of gentleman shoes for hundred and twenty dollars. All right. You know, and looking back at it, oh, wait, hold on, you said hundred and twenty dollars. Hundred and twenty dollars. Right, you floss. Was really it was. <laughs> Dave, whoa, whoa, whoa! So you're gonna I think it was. A, I think it was a Georgia Bertini at the time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're, you wouldn't know them. You wouldn't know. No, them. no, I know the brand. Right. I know, I know the brand, but I, I, yeah. I'm just aghast at the man that, you know, is focused trying to get to three dollars. Right. Yeah, now you're buying goats and jets. Yeah, I was, I was past that. Um and, um. And this is at the, uh, yeah. the, 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 the ripe old age. The of ripe old age. age. Um, How old are you at this time? I, I was twelve going on thirteen. <laughs> Um, because things really, you know, within a year, I was able to buy the coat from, from, from the business. So I recall, you know, having not passed the common entrance. Now they have grade seven achievement, um, which would prepare you for a technical high school. Mm. So prior to finance, I, I did, I'd liked carpentry. Okay. So, um, you know, that was think I was thinking of that. So I passed the grade seven now. Um, I passed for Dintel Technical High School, actually. Oh. Um, yeah, but that Linstead is far. Yes, Linstead. Right. Um, and the only way I could go to Linstead is unless I board. Mm-hmm. Never have any money for boarding. Mm-hmm. Um, so my aunt said, "Well, you have two options. Mm-hmm. You can go back to the school you passed from. You know, that's not that's unheard of because you have two more grades can go, mm-hmm. or you get a transfer to a school that is close by." So I was, I, I went to um, this, there was a high, there was a high school in, there, there is a high school in St. Anne's Bay, Marcus Garvey Technical High School. And at the time it was a secondary school. It has just, it has just switched over to a high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I went down there to check it out. And, you know, she sent her daughter with me, who was a teacher at the time. And, you know, just to inquire. And when I went, so just imagine, the, the office is full with persons trying to look at transfer from the school mm. and I'm trying to come and they're like, yes. when they hear where I'm trying to transfer from, they're like, are you crazy? As in from Dintil? I want to transfer from Dintil to come to, to go there. They pass yeah. Marcus and don't want to go. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, that was an experience. Mm. Um, I started going Marcus Gavitek and um, I spent four years there. Um, common entrance at the time, still had to manage my expectations in terms of finances and so my goal was to so during summers i would work so because i was responsible for myself mostly oh really meaning my aunt would just provide food shelter but i still have to um, plan plan my going back to school so there was i went to the tailor myself um i worked in the summer i did i sort out everything for myself I'm 13 years old. Yeah, man, everything for myself. I, I do it. I go back to I go back to school, check it out, mm-hmm. know what I'm supposed to do, uh, make sure that my uniform is ready, um, all of those things. So I would do odd jobs in the summer. Oh. So, so, so I, and I and I did four subjects. I I got three twos and a, and a, and a three. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I started, I don't, for some reason, I started working at a um, place called Hori Hori that summer after leaving high school. Started working at Hori Hori in Ocherios. What is that? Um, it's a Sinclair's Bargain Center, um, okay. but it was a department store that sell really cheap stuff back back then. Um, Angela Sinclair, um, she gave me the job. Um, you know, she she knew my she knew an aunt of mine that had a hairdressing shop in Ocherios. But she really, you know, um, liked how I worked. So when I left high school, you know, in the summer, kind of initially it felt a little cute, but it was work. Mm -hmm. So I, I was collecting the bags and giving, giving out the pins at the counter. Um, but when I left, when I stopped working at Sinclair's, she wanted me to be in charge of the haberdashery upstairs. Um, you left quite an impression. I left quite an impression mm -hmm. on her because that summer, I, I started working and I went back to her late August and I said, I'm, I'm going to go back to school. Didn't know where the money was coming from. And uh, Brownstone had a community college at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And I went up there and I checked out the courses. I really wanted to do business administration um, th that would have allowed two years in that school and then a year, I think a year at CAS. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't, I didn't, at, at the time I my vision couldn't see how the Kingston Park going to work and how I'm going to afford to go cars. No, man. At the after, time, at the time. After the conquest of the $3 yes, because and the goats. it seemed insurmountable. So just going in, because remember, you know, when I went to the community college, I didn't have the money. It was 6500 for the year. Numbers getting bigger though, dude. Yeah, it was six five for the year, you know, going to community college. Yeah. So I went to the principal and I said, look, I don't have the money, mm. and uh, but I'm going to pay you. Mm. And um, I went back to the lady that was working with and I said to her, This is hurry, hurry. Yeah, I mm -hmm. said, I don't have the money to go back to school. Um, so I'm going to ask if I can work just two days a week. Mm -hmm. I'd work Fridays and I'd work Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And that was just to get, it wasn't even enough to pay um, for the community for the community college. Mm -hmm. So. My, my neighbor as well had a drive juter. So what I would do in the evenings when I come from school sometimes, I used to wash the bus for him and get like a hundred dollars mm. to help. Mm. But even going to Brownstone Community College, there was a lot of times I didn't have any lunch money. So there are a lot of hungry days. Mm. And I know that I can't tell it. You can't learn on a hungry stomach. Mm. You know, you get distracted. Mm. Um, so I used to have to skip school on a on a um, Friday mm. in order to get a full day's pay so that yeah. I can go the next four days. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so for me, it's, I don't talk about it often, yeah. but I believe that um, my journey was just, I just wanted better all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, having joined, um, having gone to community college, so the second year was rougher than the first financially and uh, i didn't pay the second year school fee until two months after i left wow so i went back to the principal and i said look and when school was going i said i know i don't pay but i'm going to pay you mm -hmm. and i started working at a financial at a billing society in, in brownstone in st Anne's bay when i left after i left i got a job at a billing society mm -hmm. in in um in St. Anne's Bay. 
and I used my first two paychecks. Um, I had to, you know, do it in two, and, and and I paid off my debt mm -hmm. after that. You know, so I think mentoring is important, and feedback to staff is important, and people need to know that you there's something about them that you that you admire. I recall a lady coming to work at branch one Saturday and she was like, boy, Dave, I really love all your work. And I said, really? She said, as soon as there's a job in Kingston, I'm going to send for you. Really? Yeah. And this is a lady from building society? From the building society. And as a matter of fact, that building is right behind the Barita building, right? That's that's where they sent for you and you come? That's where I came. Whoa. Whoa. Um, and I was tell her the year year after that so that that's that's what getting your boss for you come on come on basically yeah so oh, wow. so i come town and um eventually i left that business um, company and went to uh the commercial bank in ligani um it was a part-time work actually 20 hours a week i said but this can't pay my bills mm -hmm. so i found every way to work extra hours mm -hmm. meaning doing the work you know I did what I wasn't asked to do, and I did what I was asked to do. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to do everything so that if this person don't come work today, I get to work the extra hours. Mm -hmm. um, so my strategy was clear. So my regular pay and my, and my extra hours. As a matter of fact, I've, just a couple of weeks ago, I had a box that I kept some old pay slips in. Mm -hmm. And I took out one of the older one from 2000, and I took it to my daughter, and I said, this is this is what i was earning at this time mm. and because i'm trying to encourage her mm. to i said this is what i survived on um but one thing that i think is important for every organization you we attract people at different levels and there might be people within within the organization that have dreams and aspirations i found out about some programs that the bank paid for i didn't have to pay the money mm. so i signed up for everything everything I signed up for everything mm. and uh, I did a course um, associate Institute of Canadian Bankers and I met a lot of people and uh, you know so I started craving for more mm. inf more knowledge of you know mm. finance and uh, how the bank operated and and everything so I wanted to learn everything I want to calculate the I want to do this so I did the at the start from foundation because they didn't recognize the community college thing that I went to. So I, I went through the very basics. Mm -hmm. um, and then having completed the, the associates, um, they, they wrote me and asked me to join the, the FICB group. Now, I had no clue what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. um, but that allowed me to, to start interacting with senior people because I was still a teller at the time. Mm. Um, and that allowed me to interact with senior people um, from different banks, um, as well as where I was working. And I learned a lot from that. Um, but then it, I just wanted still to learn more. I, I recall applying for a full-time job in Halfway Tree. Um, and the manager called me and said, I want you, but I don't want you for the job you applied for. I want you for this other job, which is a, a slightly higher level. And the branch that I was at, the branch manager called me and said, I know you've been offered this job, but I want you to remain here because of, and I said, let me take the risk. 
and I remained because you know I was. So what was it that was driving your stock up so so high? I my, the same approach I took when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, being disciplined about work, mm-hmm. being being the first one there and the last one to leave, um, w- was how I operated. Okay. okay, I was willing to do it. I was very flexible. Mm-hmm. I was willing to do the work. The customers like to interact with interact with me. Um, so, it's a work ethic, right? Yeah. I learned. I, I, I teach myself how to do things. Mm-hmm. So they are, you know, and I got that question a lot, having been promoted several times within within the bank, and uh, the answer would be the same. Mm-hmm. It's my attitude towards the work, mm-hmm. and my willingness to go the extra mile mm-hmm. that would have, you know, caused me to to, to be elevated um, to a different level. So I said that to say it's important that you know, as managers and and senior persons, we we encourage team members yeah. who demonstrate the right attitude towards work and if they are not demonstrating the right attitude it's also our responsibility to share with them your expectations and give them an opportunity to change their trajectory and share you know the vision with them because i don't want anybody to feel as if i'm not a, i'm not somebody who was born privileged <laughs> i'm not somebody who would have you know gotten any unfair advantage over anyone else it i worked for it Mm -hmm. and persons saw what i was contributing Mm -hmm. and gave me the opportunity i deserve Mm -hmm. and i see my transition to burrito as a continuation of that because persons would have seen what i've done Mm -hmm. and even when people are not watching you should be your best and give your best because you never know that you're in a situation where someone you assisted mm-hmm. um, is going to come to your rescue. Mm-hmm. So what I want to ha- happen is that in this field that we are in, mm-hmm. there are clients who are going to remember what you would have done for them, yeah. the advice that we would have as an institution, the lives that you would have touched. Um, because finances are finance is important. Yeah. It, it is important to achieving the kind of quality of life that you want. Mm. You know, if not everybody may want to live in a particular location or in a big house, but the, whatever quality of life you 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 want for yourself, finance finances is a part of it. Mm. Because it takes cash to care. Yes. You want to help a community, you need cash to care. You need to mobilize that cash. And having the knowledge and the and the skill set to to guide persons um, is, is, is very important mm-hmm. and I do believe that you know as a country um, we you know have a lot of youngsters who um, th- their circumstances are different from mine mm-hmm. um, but there's there's hope you know I've seen a lot of stories where persons would have persevered th- just like I did mm-hmm. encouraging you know both my my, my my direct reports, mm-hmm. my, you know, the, the advisors at Barita, my prospective customers that me being a part of this team, you can be assured that your best interest is going to be a part of whatever conversation that I'm having and that you can trust that your investment um, journey is in good hands mm-hmm. because of my experience, um, in guiding 
my own life and also helping others achieve their goals that I'm capable of uh, motivating my team to the point where they execute for you and for the benefit of your family. It's a great story, Dave. Um, it, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Yeah. It really is. Um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, you know, I, I try to think of the book title. You know, I, I was playing with, you know, from goat's milk to finance, the Dave Dixon story, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, I mean, I'm joking, but uh, I've, I, something I've thought about. Yeah. Um, and when it came to me first was um, having listened to Alvin Day's If Caterpillars Could Fly, So Can I. Um, and, uh, you know, I more recently I've thought about it again. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you talk about writing. But it's, it's difficult to write because yeah. there are a lot of parts of my journey that, you know, it's very difficult to... To, to recall, it's very emotional to yeah, recall. Yeah, um, yeah. Come on, Dave, it's, it's worth writing even if you get like some professional help to, you know, put, put it down or whatever. But it's a great story. It's a great story. Thank you very much for the inspiring story. Yeah, man. All right. I appreciate it. So, All right, cool. You've just listened to an episode of the Barita Podcast. The Barita Podcast is available on all Barita's social media platforms. If you'd like to invest with Barita Investments Limited, visit our website at barita.com or contact us at 876-926-2681 to get started.